Welcome to Empower to Grow, the podcast. I am your host, Hanan Elbasha, the business doctor. Following our conversations with empowered women who woke up one day and consciously claimed, I am more than enough, I am worthy, I am empowered to grow. And along their empowering journey towards realizing their own potential and their quest for growth, they became a beacon of hope and guidance for others. May you also find your inner power to grow. Welcome again, everyone. This is another episode of Empowered to Grow. This is our uncharted discussions part. So this is the part where I love that we just let it flow. I am still with the beautiful Alia Lanius. 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 Oh, you my God. Right <laughs> I did it right the first time. I'm like, why am I second, second guessing myself? I'm sorry. So um, we're still here and we're still talking. And I love this part because it just will let the flow go. But I was talking to Alia and I love the part that, um, well, she's a survivor, as I said in the first part, and she's a survivor of um, since she was 14 years old, where literally she found herself out on the street with no parents to support her. She went into a relationship that lasted for some time, but that was abusive in that sense. And then she had to fend for herself to stand up for yourself and find your voice and decide that I'm, I'm not going to be a victim anymore. So, and, and I know that has shaped a lot to your mission and what you do right now. I would love for you to tell us a bit more about that. Well, I think in, in that, I have to share something with you that a lot of people don't know about, which is, is kind of incredible. So, um, and it speaks to the survival. So as you mentioned, when I was 14 years old, and we had talked about being 14 years old, I was left to fend for myself. I ended up in the care of a family in, my, in a church that I had joined. And, you know, not, not unlike a lot of people, I definitely turned to God as a yes. source of comfort. You know, I mean, having been abandoned by my kids, I mean, excuse me, my, my parents, the thought that I had a father who loved me in the way that, you know, it was praised meant a lot. So mm -hmm. um, I was taken care taken in by a husband and wife and they sent me off to um, a Bible school that was part of the church that their parents ran. And I, once I got to the school, um, shortly after, I ended up coming forward and telling the pastors that their son-in-law had actually sexually assaulted me more than once while I was living with them. Hmm. And it was a very disturbing situation because, of course, for me, I didn't have anyone to support me. I'm sure you can understand as a person speaking up and saying something, I was scared yes. and I didn't really have anywhere to go, but I felt I needed to be truthful. So. Yes. So I told, um, and ultimately they believed the son-in-law, they believed that nothing had happened and that I was just yeah. fabricating and I had told a lie. This was when I was 14 years old. Now I've, I've taken years of self-building and, and healing from that and accepting and coming to understand that I didn't do anything wrong, that I you know, was subject to circumstances that were not a reflection of me, but a reflection of the person doing that. Yes. But, you know, so I thought I had, I had conquered it, which I, I had, I'd become a conqueror as opposed to survivor. You know, I went from yeah, victim yeah. Mm -hmm. to survivor mm -hmm. to conquer. Mm -hmm. I had given, I thought I'd given myself largely all the healing that I needed. And recently, and I shared this on my podcast, uh, a new law in California came about where for three years, they give a look back window for anybody who was sexually assaulted or um, endured molestation, and it was covered up by an institution, you now have civil recourse. It doesn't matter how long ago it was. Some of these cases are 50 years old. They're going, wow. there's a lot, a lot of, a lot of what stemmed uh, this stemmed from the 
Boy Scouts and yes. the Catholic Church allegations. Yes. So I had a friend who was a former LAP detective, uh, kind of like a real life detective stabler. And he works with a law firm now as an investigator. And he came to me and he said, hey, Andy, I think you should really take a look at this. We can maybe finally get you justice. And I was like, I'm good. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go down there again. <laughs> well, and I had already turned that page. I had already found my healing, right? I'd yeah. given myself permission to heal. Yes. But this man who looked at me and said, Alia, I know what you would say if you were sitting across from another survivor. I know that you would tell them to seek their, that they, you know, to seek, they deserve justice. Yes. So he finds this man and I, I took a, a long time or it took several months, but he actually tracked him down. And a couple of weeks ago, he texts me, he says, Hey, can you get on the phone? I have this gentleman here with you, me, and he wants to apologize to you. Wow. Knowing that my friend, Detective Castillo was there, knowing what he was about to admit, he gets on the phone with me. This is 30 years later. Yeah. He says, and I was so strong. I'm like, if you're getting on the phone to tell me you're sorry, I am absolutely willing to hear it, but you need to know, I know what's up now. <laughs> you left me out to dry. I was not afraid. Like everything I wish I would have said at 14, yeah. Yeah. I said it. And then I said, go ahead. And he commences to apologize. Now it doesn't make what he did right, but no. he says, I'm so sorry. He acknowledged everything, you know, even the detective said, uh, or, you know, former detective said, now, are you saying sorry for something you said or didn't? Like, I want to know specifically, what mm -hmm. are you saying sorry for? And he copped to everything. And wow. what's amazing is, though I didn't, I, I felt I didn't need it. What is great is, according to this law and civil procedure, now we actually do have this case where I get to really have my day in court. And it's not that money changes anything, but if I'm able to take those funds and then continue doing what I'm doing with unsugar-coated media, so sorry, that was Amazon. No problem. <laughs> I'm going to, the reason. If I'm able to take from that experience and help others take those funds and do more of what we're doing with unsugar-coated media, create a short film on these experiences, then I am bringing value to people. And that is the part that makes me happy about it. Right. But on top I of it, 30 it. years later, when I thought I'd never get what I needed yeah. or what I deserved, I got it. Right. So like, what do you, what do you think about something like that? Is that not, I, I want women to have hope. That's, when that's I think that. that's the point. It's, it's going back. It's, um, it's amazing that you, you brought that up because uh, a couple of days ago, I, I teamed up with a couple of my friends as well, experts in their field, a counselor and um, um, a positive intelligence coach. And uh, we did a webinar on healing your inner child wounds. And it is that, it is those kind of, I mean, this, yes, it, it is extreme because there was, there was sexual molestation with it or there was assault with it. And you stood up for yourself, but still no one believed you. And this shapes you one way or another. I mean, mm -hmm. yes, because, I mean, I'm sure it did impact you one way or another within the, the further abuse in your relationship after that, or the yes. fact that, you know, there's no one there for me. And this also carries with you because sometimes when we fend for ourselves too much, that is also a trauma response. Right. So for me, and, and we were talking break, like um, realizing that I'm a third culture kid. I was born and raised as an expat. I lived most of my childhood and adulthood as an expat that shaped something in me it shaped in me that I don't fit in and I'm a foreigner I'm always the foreigner even back home in Egypt I felt like a foreigner and that shaped the way I carried myself that I would I would put in the effort I would put all in 
But then there's a part of, you know, the breakthrough point of this is, this is it. I'm going to stand up for me and I know I'm right. I'd, I'd shy away from that part because I'm a foreigner, because I don't have the right, because, you know, who's going to listen to me? Because I'm possibly within the classification of the society, I'm on a third base, you know, or third class. So those kind of things, they, they shape us knowing that back when I was a child and I got, you know, harassed in, in many situations or whatever, that I could not stand up for myself. I could stand up for myself for all about five seconds. And then, you know, you just kind of cocoon and say, okay, I need to move on now. I need to heal. And a lot of the times that healing is actually just a band-aid. You're not actually flushing out the wound. You're not healing the wound. You're just putting another band-aid on it, hoping that it will go away, <laughs> hoping you won't right. see it, hoping it won't be gushing out the blood and it's not going to cause, um, you know, kind of a scene around you. And that's the part where I love that you had, I wouldn't call it justice, but you found that for you, that you stood up for yourself and 30 years later, you still know it was right and you still right. got served the, the apology that you deserved. Yeah, it, it, it is so true. And what you say, you know, I think that as a young woman, I felt ashamed because I didn't have the perfect story. Like you talk about being an expert. I didn't have family. I didn't have mom and dad who were still married. Yeah. I didn't have parents sending me off to college like mm -hmm. my other friends did. And I always felt lower. And, mm -hmm. you know, it took a lot for me to then own the power and saying, but you know what, that you're right. I had a different life, but I'm stronger. I, mm -hmm. I am more powerful you know, not that necessarily it's not a wonderful thing to give your kids a great life, but I mean, I just can't sit and, you know, I think the mentality is I have to be proactive and not reactive. Yes. I, I, you know, things happen in life, like, you know, um, because to top that I was a sex, I was, he sexually assaulted me, but between the ages of four and seven, I was actually molested by five different men. And to go through that much significant, you know, it, you, it starts to confuse you. Am I doing something? Am I Am I doing something to draw this behavior? What, what energy am I sending out? Right. But yes. then I'm like, but I'm a child. What yes. energy could have? So it really does. It is shattering those limiting beliefs yes. and taking the time. Like, I love that you're doing that because it is part of the process. It has been part of my process to sit down and have a conversation with my younger self Yes, true. and say, true. these things happen to you. You are worthy of love and, and, and care all along. Yes. It's sad that you didn't get it where you needed it at times, but look at now where you're able to provide that for yourself. And, and then you have, I have built a culture around me that now the people do have my back, you know, and yes. God forbid something were to happen. I have people that will support me and be there yes. for me. And likewise, I continue to do the same for others, you know? That's true. That's true. And I, I love the fact that, as you said, that you're giving yourself permission to, to address it, to look at everything and understand that, it was never your fault, whatever happened, but then how can you move forward from that? And, and between the ages of four and seven, you know that our subconscious is shaped between the ages of zero and seven, a good substantial part of it is shaped then. And then it compounds after everything and our, our, beyond that, our nurture and you know our young adulthood and everything else. And that in itself embedded that part in you that and I think that's where it's also shaped your personality between you no know, from victim to survivor to you no know, now I'm in control to conquer of, of my life. Um, 
speaking of wounds and and how to empower yourself and and tribe and i think that is uh, also another topic that I, i would love to share uh to kind of tackle with you the tribe part because also for me it was that it was because i'm here i also felt like i had no tribe i had no one to have my back when i needed to to vent, to talk, to scream, to, to just complain or just say, hi, I'd like to, you know, have a coffee in silence. And um, uh, a little over a year ago, so January last year, I decided, okay, now that was also another mindset switch of I'm abundant. I'm abundant with the knowledge. I'm abundant with the love. I'm abundant with the empathy and the care. And I want to share this abundance that I've got. And I created a Facebook group for, for women. And I said, you know, let's be empowered to grow together. I'm going to share as much as I want and whatever you, you guys want to have. And I could do some lives and I could do this. And we're about 1,100 women now, which is great. I love it. Amazing. Um, Bravo. Yes. And also I had to stop myself from comparing to other people have hundreds of thousands. And I'm like, but what am I, again, what's my purpose? Why am I doing this? I'm doing this because I want to connect with these women. I can't physically connect with 50,000 or 100,000 women. I can do it possibly even a thousand because not everyone is active at the same time, but I could do this. So that idea of, of the tribe became something that I love because then it became a source of empowerment and became the ripple effect. And it became a global thing. It's online, anyone. And we've got women from all around the world. So speaking of that, how is it that you came to say, consciously or, or subconsciously, I'm creating my tribe of these people around me who are going to have my back. Well, that happened with cancer. I, I think that being women sometimes, especially if you're a mother, I had three kids, it can be very isolating. You know, your life consists of getting up, making lunches, helping the homework, uh, errands, the taking the <laughs> to, to you know, doctor's it. appointments. It's not really that exciting, right? No. If you're, if you're, your network kind of for a minute can be, be very small. And, yes. and so, and especially if you make a big change, like we had moved to Los Angeles uh, literally right before I got diagnosed. So I didn't have any from this from the Northern uh, California, I didn't have much network uh, at all. And it took me laying in a hospital bed and opening my computer. I only had a Wi-Fi network. My children were with my, my adopted sister and best friend in Northern California who was taking care of them while I was in the hospital. And I just typed in the computer young cancer survivor group, just like what you said. And I love that you did that. And mm-hmm. I think that no matter what, 1,500, 100, you know, if you're taking up space and if you're creating, you know, if you're not doing it, someone else will, right? Yeah, so true. it's amazing that you do it. And I, I, you know, I, I will say this though, the, the very, very first part of getting diagnosed with cancer, I was like, I'm going to be, she, well, first of all, she hands me a prescription for an antidepressant. And, and I'm like, I don't need that. I've been through a lot of stuff in life. We'll just get through this cancer thing. <laughs> I can't lie. Several months later, I come back. I'm like, yo, where's that prescription? I, <laughs> I need that. Thing. Hold on. Please pass it on. Maybe I do need the Melbert. It's a little bit, this is a little bit tougher than I thought it was going to be. And um, it, so I'm in that bed. I'm in that hospital. I reach out and through Facebook, a group, I'm too young for this stupid cancer, you know, became my source of courage, strength, beauty, and through that connection, my best friend, and who is now the VP of Unsugarcoated Media, she said, you better get up off your ASS and fight. Fight for those kids because having cancer took her ability to have children. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. And she said, no, 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 no. You don't get to sit there. You know, you, yes, you're having a tough time. She related as a stage four cancer survivor, but you don't get to give up. Yeah. And that was life changing for me because suddenly I had this community of other people who did understand what I was going through Mm -hmm. and it changed the trajectory of my battle with cancer. Mm -hmm. And it's not to say that it was immediately, you know, gone. But what I now had was this support and I, I learned to support others as part of that journey. And it became this, you know, it's where I say to people, cancer was both the worst and best thing to happen in my life. And I could not, you know, people will become very confused, but if you've been in it and you know what it is like, and you understand that you know, you, you really develop a sense of the miracle is right now. A lot of yes. times, you know, being part of being sick, you know, people, when we, when one of us would fall, it's like, Oh, we're praying for the miracle. And I, and I just came to learn this is the miracle. Every time you get to pick up the phone and say hello and goodbye. Yes. That's the miracle. That's right. True. And so, you know, just that really changed everything for me. Hannah. Like I, and, and ever since it, it's what taught me the value of network, but not necessarily in the business sense that a lot of people, but yes, in the sense of tribe, it became my tribe. It became the people that when I was having a tough day and I said on Facebook, you know, this was actually back in the day when I really shared more, more, but it was like, today's just a really rough day. My team would come in, you know, and, and they were there. What is it? We've got you. It's okay. Let it out. But, you know, don't forget to get back up. <laughs> True. And, and, and speaking of that also, I'd, I'd like to make the comment that sometimes you also have to reassess those around you and make oh, sure that the toxic ones are not the ones getting to you all the time. Um, and I, I spoke of this earlier today, too, is just that I speak to a lot of women and they're like um, sitting with a friend and her friends and they're like, yeah, you know, we have to see that lady later or something because we have to go for an outing. I'm like, why do you have to? It's like, yeah, because we've known her since school and it's like been 20 years, but she really drains us and she's very negative. And I'm like, and still, why are you still friends with her? Because I'm like, no, no, there's no more because, because I fell in that trap as well for so long where I had a best friend that was criticizing every single thing I did out of love, but it wasn't really love. It was, it was toxic. And it was part of why I was doubting myself. And I had to let go of this relationship to be able to grow beyond it, you know? Absolutely. And and we're still stuck in that. I have to dovetail that, my dear, because when you've taken toxic medication, when you've felt what toxic medicine feels like going through your veins Mm -hmm. and the adverse effects of toxicity, the way that cancer patients do, or anybody who has to take any form of chemotherapy, you understand real quick, you don't need toxic people in your life because it's yeah. the last thing that you ever want to deal with again, you know? Sure. But that's the thing. When we deal with it in the medical sense, we see the effects in yes, a different it's tangible. way. It's tangible. It's tangible. Yeah, yeah. But when you're in those relationships that are toxic, you're not necessarily seeing that. So mm-hmm. you don't equate the two, but exactly, you know, getting sick and then having, in, you know, largely, which is where I wrote in Tough Love, like, coming to that moment of saying, okay, this no longer serves me yes. and it's toxic and I have to be okay with letting it go no yeah. matter the, what the cost is, because yes. ultimately the, the prize is exactly. my health just, yeah. and my sanity. What I lost was a bad relationship. What sure. I gained was independence, freedom, peace, happiness, sure. peace you of know? mind. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, the, the, and that's invaluable. I mean, that, that really has no price tag on it. 
Exactly. That's the part where we start becoming aware. And that is self-empowerment, where you become aware and conscious of you. You value your time, you value your effort and your energy, you value your resources, I call them. So even your, your finances, your knowledge, these are all your resources. When you start giving value to them, then you can start saying, you know what? I don't need this. I deserve better than that. And we say that in relationships, we say that out of a career, but we, we should say that to us, to ourselves and how we carry our lives and how we move forward. Alia, I I know we could be talking for a few more hours and I know you're a busy lady and I'm very appreciative of your time. Thank you so much for, for, for being you. And thank you for standing up for you and for everyone else in your life. Well, and thank you for taking the time, no matter where you are, to reach out and connect with others and support others and use your platform in the way that you are. I think it's amazing. I am honored, honored, honored to support you you and collaborate with you. I always, these are collaborations and I just look forward to doing more and, uh, and, and making that social impact that we already, you know, keep it going, keep it going. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, everyone, as always, empowered you empowers others. Keep being you, keep being great, and stand up for you. Find your voice and find your tribe. Love, abundance, and prosperity to you all. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Empowered to Grow podcast. For further engagement with a tribe of empowered women, join my Facebook group, Empowered to Grow, or visit my website, www.hananelbasha.com. I'll catch you on the next episode. And until then, know that empowered you empowers others. Love, abundance, and prosperity to you all.